the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. They're making it too easy. Yeah, we present this award every Friday. We try to be fair, keep the competition open to everybody, but the Democrats running for president and their supporters keep making it impossible to pick anybody. So here we go again. And now it's time for the Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Yeah, he made it onto the debate stage and had a terrible night in front of 35 million people. And it was his first live appearance anywhere after spending $300 million on TV ads. But he actually gets the award for something he said several years ago. And there are lots of clips out there that could help Michael Bloomberg win this award every week until Election Day. Think about it. The, agri- the agrarian society lasted 3,000 years, and we could teach processes. I could teach anybody, even people in this room, so no offense intended, to, to be a farmer. You, it's a process. You dig a hole, you put a, a seed in, you put dirt on top, add water, up comes the corn. Then we had 300, you could learn that. Then, then um, you had 300 years of the industrial society. Uh, you put the piece of metal on the lathe, you turn the crank in the direction of the arrow, and you can have a job. And, and we created a lot of jobs. One point... 98% of the world worked in, uh, in agriculture today. It's 2% in the United States. Uh, now comes the information economy. And the information economy is fundamentally different because it's built around replacing people with technology. And the skill sets that you have to learn are how to think and analyze. And that is a whole degree level different. You have to have a different skill set. You have to have a lot more gray matter. Yeah, and Mike Bloomberg proved that it doesn't take a lot of gray matter to win the Windows R Us Jerk of the Week Award. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. And when we come back, an unbelievable story. It's actually an update on one we did several months ago. Being threatened with jail time in Canada for not referring to your own son as her or she as the government says you should. Stick around. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have 5 to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm John Steigerwald. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in the network. Isn't it time for a change? Well, stop the insanity and call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30%. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. 724-884-1496. Like the rest of us, you're probably tired of all those annoying sales calls to your home telephone number. Now, there's a solution. OurOldNumber.com will block those pesky robocalls from getting through. And most live sales calls will hang up. So how does it work? Callers to your home telephone number will hear a personalized greeting from you. The caller selects the family member they wish to reach, and the call is immediately forwarded onto the family member's cell phone. There's no equipment to buy. There's nothing to install. No long-term contracts. It's still your phone number and remains in directory assistance. The service is only $9.99 per month, and you can eliminate your landline connection and save money. 
Now, calls to your home phone number can reach any member of the family wherever they are and get rid of those annoying sales calls. OurOldNumber.com. It's just $9.99 per month. Go to OurOldNumber.com to learn how you can get started blocking sales calls today. That's OurOldNumber.com. OurOldNumber.com. You'll be glad you did. Good morning, America. Or is it? If you're one of the millions of Americans who did not sleep well last night, it's probably a pretty average morning. But listen up, you sleep-deprived people. There's good news. A breakthrough sleep solution called Pronto Sleep. And when we say pronto, we mean pronto. Pronto Sleep gently opens your nose to focus breathing and help you relax and fall asleep. And the built-in scent diffuser delivers a blend of four pure essential oils to help you stay asleep naturally. And then Pronto replenishes the oils ready for the next night. Too easy, eh? And in trials, 84% of people with trouble sleeping found Pronto helped them fall asleep and 74% found it helped them stay asleep. So make every morning a... Good morning, America. With Pronto Sleep, available now at select Walgreens, Amazon or at prontosleep.com. Pronto Sleep from RhinoMed, bringing you advanced nasal therapies. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions are posted at textrules.us. Texting enrolls for recurring automated marketing text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Tom from K11, and I have one question for you. What size socks are you wearing right now? If you're like everyone else I've asked, you simply don't know. How could you? That's because until now, socks were made in one size fits all or just a couple of sizes to fit every size foot. But not at Kane 11. We make our socks in 11 individual sizes from 7 to 17. That's right, 7 to 17. Great looks and colors to fit everyone's lifestyle. From cotton to wool or anything in between, Kane 11's got the perfect sock for you. Better yarns, better quality, just a better sock. If you don't love them just like we do, send them back for a full refund. That's the Kane 11 promise. Once you wear a pair of Kane 11s, I guarantee you'll never go back to wearing socks in multi-size ranges again. Save 20% off your first order when you text SOCKS to 246810. That's text SOCKS to 246810. Text SOCKS to 246810. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, several months ago, we told you the story of a father in British Columbia up in Canada who was in trouble with the Canadian government because he was resisting the government's decision to let his 14-year-old daughter uh, become his son. It was her choice. Uh, There's an update on that story now. Jeremiah Keenan of The Federalist wrote about it today. He joins us now. Jeremiah, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me on. So uh, let's start with some background. Uh, the father uh, is no longer anonymous. His name is Robert Hoagland. Uh, his mm-hmm. daughter now has facial hair and a deep voice. So uh, the whole process and what he was trying to prevent is pretty far down the road, isn't it? Yeah, so at this point, she's been taking high-dosage testosterone injections for about 11 months. Uh, so, yeah, the sort of irreversible changes have already started to set in. Yeah, in your story, he says that he she has a deep voice and uh, a deeper voice and facial mm-hmm. hair, which uh, she, uh, I guess I'm going to keep referring to her as she, the Canadian government can come and get me, but uh, <laughs> she, she uh, is always going to have facial hair. So if uh, mm-hmm. she changes her mind uh, six, seven, eight, ten years from now, it's not going to be a good thing for her. Right, right, right. And of course, a lot of a lot of children do end up changing their mind. Right. Uh, if you look at the studies, it's it's you know roughly eighty uh, percent. Different people say it a little bit different, but it's about eighty percent of children, especially if you leave them alone, uh, will change their mind by the time they're basically adults. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is creating uh, potentially a very big problem for her that could have been avoidable. That's certainly uh, Robert Hoogland's position. Um, he feels like you know most children they would have just gotten over it. And that uh, instead of that, the courts are coming in and saying, no, we're not going to let the parents make this decision. We're going to let this poor 14-year-old um, who was really struggling uh, psychologically prior to this and was kind of captured by the trans cult, if you will, mm-hmm. the trans lobby. Um, we're just going to let her make this decision, which is really just saying we're going to make the decision, right? Because it's not like 14-year-olds actually um, can can anticipate all the, the consequences uh, in life of doing something. Like well, that. she she was actually 12 when this started, right? Yes, that's correct. So, you know, what happened was she was at school and 
she must have been exposed to some of this sort of transgender propaganda while she was at school. Mm -hmm. She was having trouble. She was upset. Her parents had divorced a year or two prior. And uh, I think she kind of latched on to this idea of, well, you know, maybe I'm not meant to be a girl. And then a school counselor comes along and is like, yeah, great. Um, Let's get you a new name and let's start treating you like a boy as a 12-year-old at school. And let's not tell your dad because maybe he wouldn't approve of us doing this to you. Uh, Yeah, the the, the counselor uh, just kind of laid it on uh, Robert, the father. That, uh, mm-hmm. well, yeah, this is already, we've already started this process. We think she's a great candidate for uh, hormone um, uh, therapy and surgery, mm-hmm. whatever else they think they should do. Right, right. So, yeah, the school really initiated on that one. Um, and, you know, because it's not like a 12-year-old girl is, is you know, going to think through all this and make these mm-hmm. kinds of decisions. You had adults in there, and the adults were pushing it. Um, and of course, both the father and the mother as well, initially were pretty reticent about this, uh, cause they knew that she was struggling, um, you know, with certain behavioral issues and, and depression and things like that. And they're like, this seems suspect. She had also gone through a little phase when she decided she might be a lesbian and then kind of left that phase behind. She had some relationship. like, there were a lot of things going on. And so both parents were actually pretty cautious initially, um, and uh, but then eventually the mother did eventually decide that she was willing to go along with it. But the very interesting thing about the court decision is they didn't say this is because there's an argument between the parents. They said this is just because this 14 year old wants testosterone. Therefore, she must get it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter whether, you know, one parent supports or the other doesn't or anything like that. Yeah. And what makes this uh, story scary and infuriating um is that, you know, we've heard these stories about uh, uh, kids and families struggling with this transgender, and we know that it's being celebrated and promoted all over the place, which is making it worse. But this mm-hmm. is the Canadian government just taking a kid away from the, her, her father at the age of 12 and uh, mm-hmm. took, took her away and said, uh, yeah, we're taking her for the treatment and there's nothing you can do about it. And uh, mm-hmm. what did they threaten him with? Well, so he spoke out against the ruling um, back in February of 2019. Um, I interviewed him, and he said, hey, look, you know, this is terrible. Uh, They shouldn't be doing this to my daughter. And since he referred to his daughter as his daughter, um, the courts became very angry with him. And uh, a month or two later, Francesca Marzari of the D.C. Supreme Court, she issued a protection order actually saying that he would be subject to immediate arrest by any police officer who had reason to believe that he had referred to his daughter as a girl or with female pronouns. Yeah, and people That's think that you're making this up, but it's uh, it's because you, it's hard to believe, but it's true. No, you can look up the PDA. I yeah. have the copies of the arrest warrant, yeah. <laughs> the, the protection order. Right? This is not. This is not like you can look up the legal document. None of this is is secret. They're just trying to keep him silent. Yeah. Um, about it. Because, of course, when he speaks, people are like, wait a second, what's going on? Legal documents, most people aren't interested in reading. Right. Um, (laughs) Well, he uh, and he was he was uh, threatened with being charged with uh, family violence, which I guess is like domestic violence uh, would be the equivalent here in the U.S. Yes, he was convicted of family violence. Convicted. Um, That's nice. On account of and, and I quote, expressions of rejection of his daughter's gender identity. So they said they didn't use to say his daughter, obviously, but the, the thing about that phrase, expressions of rejection of your child's gender identity, expressing it, it's, or expressing that you don't agree that your girl is actually a boy, you are guilty of family violence. And they convicted him. And what was the penalty? Well, thankfully, there was nothing initially. All right. I think they're a little bit testy about actually yeah. Doing something to him because of the media coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was no, there was no actual immediate penalty. Um, but we'll see, we'll see what happens because now that he's speaking out again, uh, he's actually in court right as we speak. Uh, last I heard, he's right now in court. Um, he was summoned there, and uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens. So he, um, so he was dragged before a judge. He's in court now. Defending himself, mm-hmm. not not in court suing the school to get his daughter back, but he's in court to uh, 
well, I'm assuming with an attorney trying to prevent uh, himself from being arrested or charged or fined or whatever the hell they would do to him. Yes, that's exactly right. Wow. That, that is just terrifying. And it's it's mm-hmm. uh, happening in Canada, which uh, I, I've said here many times on the show, my mother was Canadian. I've, I have property there. I've, I go to Canada a lot. Uh, I, have a, a, I, I really like Canada, but I'm beginning mm-hmm. to like it a lot less when I hear stuff like this. Uh, and it's, um, it's, mm-hmm. it's just scary. Now, here's the other thing. That everybody and we're and we're 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 talking to Jeremiah Keenan. You can find the story at the Federalist. Uh, it's, it's Federalist.com, right? Um, yeah, you, yeah, you can find the story there. But this this really scary thing, or just as scary, is that the people who interviewed him were threatened with arrest. Correct? Yes. As a matter of fact, last week, um, one of the people who interviewed him um, and had aired the interview. Um, she was in the court and, you know, she got, she got in trouble. She had to pay costs. Um, you know, he's had to pay costs cause it's not just like technically they don't have to find you. All they have to do is award costs to the opposing lawyers and you're financially in, in, in trouble. Right. Um, so, you know, they, they just, you know, they award costs. And so, yeah, she was, she was in trouble too. She's trying to fight this battle. Laurelyn, um, Tyler Thompson is her name. Um, and you know, yes, they're going after the media too. I'm well, glad in the United States that they can't go after me, but yeah. <laughs> what if they could? Well, um, and she, uh, they told her to, to take down the video, and mm-hmm. she didn't do it. And uh, I think you, did you write that they came to her house uh, with an yes, arrest warrant? Right. For the, looking um, for the not, video? Not with an arrest, no, no arrest warrant. Uh-huh. Um, they came to her house to reiterate, so they just sent some police to her house to reiterate the order. Right. Um, just a scare. Right. This is this is scare tactics. The police show up at your house and say, hey, you haven't taken this video down. It's like, well, I don't even know what what the problem is. The video has like three or four thousand views or something. I guess I guess one of the one up on BitChute had 20,000 views. But like they're seriously sort of neurotic behavior. And I think what it is, is they know that the average parent would not stand for this. Yeah. You know, well, the this guy this is written. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and this guy, uh, Robert Hoagland. He's um, it, it took a lot of courage on his part just to to stand up to it. I mean, he was told pretty much pretty clearly um, that uh, you mm-hmm. will not have uh, your own opinions about this because we don't want to hear them. And if we do hear them, we're coming after you. Yeah, I mean, think about a situation. He was not allowed to say to his own daughter, and it's not like he's been some sort of absentee dad, all right? They, you know, they have 50-50 yeah. equal, equal custody. So he's not allowed to say to someone who he was actually living with um, until this sort of whole mess started, um, you know, I really think that you're a girl. He wasn't allowed to do that. If he did that, if he just said that, hey, you know, I really think you're a girl, I, I don't think it's good for you to be getting these testosterone injections, he would be convicted of family violence. And in fact, you know, they, he did the smallest, mildest suggestion um, to her, like showing her maybe a video that was talking about the case, and, you know, they convicted him. <laughs> it's like a little bit insane there. If you think about, you know, going home, you know, if you were to go home tonight, it's like, well, yeah, the court said I'm not allowed to tell my daughter that she's a girl. Yeah. Well, we uh, there's a lot of transgender insanity out there, uh, and we got plenty of it here in the uh, USA. Uh, Dwayne mm-hmm. Wade was just celebrated on Good Morning America the other day for uh, t- talking about his uh, son who wants to become his daughter and saying that uh, he was aware when he was three years old that he wanted to be a female for the rest of his life. And people are, mm-hmm. and you're not, do you, do you find, uh, and I'll just beyond this ridiculous story in Canada, that, that mm-hmm. this is, this is, it's been taken to the ridiculous degree up there. But it, it, the same attitude basically exists down here. It's just that the government hasn't gotten behind it with the same kind of force. You're still, you can be canceled if you, um, if you disagree with the, with the, what appears to be settled science among all these people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the fact is, if you look at the actual research papers, um, nobody, nobody believes that it's a, a brilliant idea to do this to little kids. Um, because of the, the rate of persistence, because most little kids will just get over it over time um, and embrace their natural gender. Right. Well, um, I, you, are you familiar with a guy named uh, Walt Heyer? H-E-Y-E-R? Yes, 
Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I've had him on the show a couple of times, and I, I'd love to get his opinion on this. I, I mean, I don't have to ask him. I know what he would say. It's insane. So mm-hmm. how long is the gag order in effect for uh, Robert Hoagland up there, um, and what does he plan to do next? Well, um, it's going to be in effect at least for, for months from now. I think it's going to be about a year um, from for the next 12 months. Uh, he is going to try to survive next for the most part, I think. Um, you know, as I said, as we speak from what I last heard, he was currently, he was summoned to court unexpectedly mm-hmm. this afternoon. So I, you know, I told him, send me a text when you get out. Um, if he doesn't send me a text, then, you know, I'm going to go call the contact that's supposed to contact me if he gets arrested. Right. Wow. Um, so, you know, cause it's a very real thing. He's, he's going to be held almost certainly he's going to be held in contempt of court for this last interview, because he spoke out. So, um, it's, it's, it's amazing. So as we speak, this guy, Robert Hoagland, as mm-hmm. we speak right now, is probably in front of a judge trying to yep. plead for his freedom uh, and to uh, and for the, for the crime, not of kidnapping his daughter and taking her across the border against her will, but for the crime of disagreeing with the government publicly, that's what that's what he's that's what he's being charged with. Yes, precisely. That he spoke out and and he said, you know, this is not good that you're doing this to my daughter. I don't agree with it. That's just terrifying. So he's gonna and he's gonna let you know when he gets out of court uh, today what happened to him. Yes, uh, assuming he does get out, I will. <laughs> I will hear. Going to throw him in a dungeon up there somewhere? <laughs> it's... Well, I mean, they could. It, it kind of doesn't have the same kind of free speech that we have yeah, in the I United know. States. Um, but, you know, honestly, this stuff is, is coming uh, in the United States. No question. Too, most likely, if you've been watching the news in a couple of states, one or two at least, I think, mm-hmm. they're starting to implement this stuff where the schools treat your, your yeah. child as a member of the opposite sex, and they don't tell you. See, yeah. That's really important. They don't because that's how this whole thing got started. You know, this is how you can capture the child is by by separating them from the parents when they're eleven or twelve years old and they don't really know that much in life. And then you start telling, oh, you're actually the opposite sex. Yeah. Know? Well, and it's everywhere, uh, Jeremiah. I mean, I, I just came across a story today that at the University of Notre Dame, the old mm-hmm. uh, Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana. They're playing host to transgender ideology, and um, it's uh, it says the the gender studies program recently hosted a panel discussion entitled "Affirming Care for Gender Diverse Youth," and the featured four speakers, all of whom were affiliated in some fashion with Indiana University, all of whom were entirely in agreement that boys can be girls, girls can be boys, boys and girls can be something other than a boy or a girl. Notre Dame. Catholic school, and uh, mm-hmm. that's where it's that's where it's gone to. And and I would guess that if you were on the campus of Notre Dame and protested that or or, or questioned it, you you would be uh, considered ba- a bad person. Yes, probably and, at least by those who themselves don't mind mutilating children. Right? There's, there's a little bit of a question mark there, but yeah. Yeah, well, so you're going to be following up on this story. You're going to be keeping your eye on Robert Hoagland and see what happens to him, correct? Definitely, yes. yes. Yeah, well, I, I'll be interested in, to see what you uh, what you come up with, but it's just scary to think of where that's going. And I just I just wonder how it's playing in Vancouver, you know, or in British Columbia, uh, how's the, how the media are treating it. I only have about 30 seconds left. Are you Are you aware of how it's being handled by the media up there? Yeah, so the primary way it's being handled is by not reporting on it. Um, the secondary way it's being handled is by reporting on it sort of quietly um, in a biased fashion. Wow. Okay, well, that doesn't surprise me either. Hey, <laughs> I really appreciate it, Jeremiah. Thanks for being here. All right, thanks so much, John. Okay, Bye-bye. that's Jeremiah Keenan. You can find the story at The Federalist, and it is, I don't know about you, but I don't know what makes you more angry or whether it should scare you that it could come to the United States. But this guy is in front of a judge as we speak because he disagreed with the government taking his daughter away from him and then had the nerve to say so publicly. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Trump is predicting problems for Nevada Democrats who will participate in presidential caucuses tomorrow. 
Democrats hoping to avoid a repeat of the chaos of the Iowa caucuses. That process fell apart following a rushed effort to deploy a mobile app for caucus volunteers to report results. The president held a campaign rally in Las Vegas, and he will now be heading back to the White House. A temporary truce between the United States and the Taliban has taken effect, setting the stage for the two sides to sign a peace deal next week. The jury deliberating in Harvey Weinstein's rape trial has indicated that it's deadlocked on two of the five charges. Judge James Burke told the jury to work toward a unanimous verdict on all the charges. Stocks finishing lower, the Dow fell 227 points today. The Nasdaq was off 174. This is SRN News. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. Select quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issue, and company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Mike Gallagher wants to try to understand Joe Biden. The Democrats are in free fall. They don't know what to do. Biden is calling people lying dog-faced pony soldiers. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. You said you were, but you're, you're, now you got to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. What does that mean? Please, someone? The Mike Gallagher Show. Weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250. The Answer. My mother was very familiar with her neighborhood, but one day she stopped at the stop sign and she wasn't even really sure where she was at. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. When you've got water, fire, or smoke damage, there's no debate. You have to vote yellow. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Our team is ready to help 24 hours a day. The man, the yellow van. Service Master. This election year, you can vote red or you can vote blue, but yellow is always the right choice. Demand the yellow van when you have water damage and call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Call Service Master. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got The Answer. We're all tied up on the Parkway West on the inbound side, Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. On the outbound side, also a big backup, Sawmill Run Boulevard to Carnegie Parkway East. That's really solid on the outbound side. Forbes Avenue to Edgewood's Westdale and inbound Forest Hills to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Got an accident on Liberty Avenue at 6th Street and also saw on the outbound Liberty Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. 
Clear tonight, low 21. Breezy with plenty of sunshine for tomorrow, high 44. Saturday night, clear, low 26. Sunday, mostly sunny, high 51. Monday, cloudy with afternoon rain, high 43. And on Tuesday, cloudy with occasional rain with a high 50. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, um, I'm a dog guy. Uh, I have two golden retrievers, Archie and Betsy. They're two of the most important people in my life. As I said, I'm a dog guy, and if you're a dog person, I don't have to explain that to you. But if you're not a dog person, you may wonder why people act so crazy when it comes to their dogs. And you may think that dogs only like humans because humans give them food. That may not be the case. Dr. Clive Wynn is founder of the Canine Science Collaboratory at Arizona State University. He's written a book called Dog is Love, Why and How Your Dog Loves You. Clive joins us now. Clive, thanks for being here. John, thanks for your interest. It's great to be with you. Yeah, I'm a big dog guy. I, I actually took a course, and I, I'm a little bit of a trainer. I've trained some dogs professionally, just the, the basic, you know, uh, obedience stuff, nothing special. But um, I, So I have a, a, a really a love for dogs. But uh, let's start with why. Why do my dogs love me? Well, because because uh, you're a good guy, John. I mean, that's the primary reason. <laughs> oh, I know that. You know, a good thing. No, I, I mean, the thing is, it's not just that your dogs love you, John. It's that, it's that everybody's dogs loves them, you know? I mean, it's that dogs have this amazing capacity, desire, and drive to form strong emotional bonds with members of other species. And that's deep in their genetic code, you know? They've, they've actually undergone certain mutations in the journey that our dogs took thousands of years ago when they became dogs, you know, they're all descended from wolves, and, uh, and these mutations have given them the genetic basis that they're born into the world very, very ready to form these strong emotional connections uh, with people like you and people like me, but actually with other animals too. You know, I visited some ranchers here in Arizona who ranch goats, and they have dogs taking care of their goats because the dogs are ready and willing to form strong emotional bonds even with goats. And so the the title of the book is Why and How Your Dog Loved You. So uh, how do they love me? Well, you see it. You see it in you see it every day. Your dog loves you when your dog greets you when you come home. Mm-hmm. You know, I come home to my family. Hope to come home soon. And uh, you know, I come in the door, and if I'm lucky, my wife might grunt from wherever she is. <laughs> and you know, I have a teenage she, son. She's and, not wagging know, her tail. <laughs> but the dog, the dog, you know, the dog would yeah. would uh, would would knock over furniture if she had right. to to get to me. I mean, that's at the simplest level. It's it's very easy and immediate to see. People have done much fancier things than that. People have trained dogs to lie still in brain scanners, mm-hmm. so you can see how their brains are activated. And you see in those studies the dogs, the reward centers in dogs' brains are more intensely activated when you tell the dog that they're about to see their beloved human being. More more intensely activated than when you tell them they're about to receive a piece of sausage. So we see it at every level of analysis, from the most obvious when you come home through to real high-tech stuff with brain scanners and everything. Yeah, um, I, I, you, you've changed your mind, though, on how dogs feel about humans, or, or did you change your mind and come to believe that, uh, that dogs feel? You know, did, I mean, well, did, so, did, at one time did you feel that they didn't feel? Weren't it capable of feeling? <laughs> So, 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 John, you know, I've, I've always believed, you know, I'm a scientist and I think skepticism is part of the essence of science. We're always, we're always looking behind the obvious appearance of things. You know, are things really the way they seem to be or could it be that they're different? You know, that to me is the essential of what it means to be a scientist. But with, and so with our dogs for a long time, I thought, well, you know, maybe they don't really love us. Maybe they just know they're onto a good thing. You know, they know you're going to give them dinner, whatever, whatever. Uh, and, um, but gradually over time, I've come to recognize that, you know, sometimes you need to be skeptical of your skepticism, you know what I mean? And, um, and so I think that actually what appears to be the case, the way that they act towards us, that really is the essential expression of their feelings. Their feelings are not very complex. I don't believe that dogs, generally speaking, are particularly clever, but I do think that they really do care about us. Yeah, it would be hard to explain why they've they've um, 
been around for so long and been so much a part of so many people's lives for thousands of years, or at least hundreds anyway, um, that that there, there there has to be something there. I mean, it didn't well, happen. Been, it didn't happen with yeah. raccoons, you know, or <laughs> chipmunks. Well, right, right. I mean, and people people have been noticing this about dogs for as far back in history as people have been writing down anything about anything. There are ancient Egyptian tomb inscriptions from thousands and thousands of years ago, right at the very beginning of people having the capacity to write down what was happening in their world. There are ancient Egyptian tomb inscriptions where people say, you know, we're burying this dog because this dog really loved us. Right, That's right. three and a half thousand years ago. It's in, you know, the ancient Greeks in Homer's Odyssey. There are, there are a couple of different points in Homer's Odyssey where, where there's comment on, you know, this dog really loved this man. So this is something that people have noticed about dogs going as back, as far back as we have people paying attention to anything. Is quite an amazing thought. Yeah, and what's what's interesting about this, uh, you know, is that it's not just based on your observation of the dogs themselves, but there's actual science involved here as far as uh, brain matter and genetics and uh, and that kind of thing. So, tell us about you know, sure. uh, uh, for example, Williams syndrome and the gene. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 So, you know, the genetic code is the most basic, the most basic building blocks. The plan of every living thing is written in its genetic code, right? And so if dogs have something special, then it must be there. It must be coded in their genes somehow. But how would you expect to be able to find something like this? Well, there is a very, very rare syndrome in our own species called Williams syndrome. Very, very few people are born with this, and it's due to damage in a number of different genes. And it has, it's a lot of genes are involved and it has a lot of effects. But one of the really striking effects is that people with Williams syndrome, they, they treat everybody as their friend. They have no notion of stranger danger when they're kids. They trust everybody. They treat everybody as a friend. They're phenomenally loving individuals. And it turns out, together with a geneticist collaborator at Princeton, we've been able to do some studies and we were comparing the friendliness of dogs, which is really great, to the friendliness of wolves. Now, wolves, if they're reared by people really carefully, wolves can develop relationships with people. But those tend to be a fairly small number of people. They don't easily make new friends the way our most dogs easily make new friends. And so we had a pretty simple but scientific test of how friendly a dog or a wolf is. And we sent DNA samples to our geneticist friend at Princeton, Bridget von Holt, and we were able to compare what it is that makes the difference between the dogs and the wolves in their genetic code. And it turns out that there are three genes that are changed in people who have Williams syndrome that are the same genes that then cause dogs to be so amazingly friendly. So we've been able to find evidence at the most basic level of biology, the genetic code of what makes dogs so much more friendly than their wild relatives, wolves. And, and yeah, so the genetic code, in the brains, we see different patterns of activity. In their hormones, you know, there are hormones that that come up when people are in a loving relationship. You know, you get a mother and infant together and you see levels of hormones changing. You get newly enamored couples, not old married couples, but newly enamored couples together in a room right. and the love hormone spikes in their bodies. And we see the same thing when people are together with their dogs, but in the person and the dog, the hormone levels change. So we see it, John, level after level after level, and I tell the, the story in, in the book, Dog is Love, how scientists of all sorts of different kinds, all sorts of different levels of expertise in different parts of the world are finding again and again that dogs really have an amazing, remarkable capacity to form these loving relationships. So, And this is a, a new finding, a relatively new finding? Yeah, so some of it goes back... 15 years and some of it is just like well some of it we still haven't even published it ourselves so it's brand spanking new so really overall this is all this is a, a pretty new development for for some time people thought a number of scientists over the years have wondered why are dogs so successful you know there could be a billion dogs on the surface of the planet dogs on every continent where you find people you find dogs with the people what's the trick how did dogs get to be such amazingly successful animals and a number of scientists thought that dogs had a special kind of intelligence and i 
for that might work, but actually on balance, I don't really think it's the case. I don't think dogs have any special kind of intelligence. But yeah, just a couple of years ago, it came to me that the evidence, when you lay the evidence out, it's what really stands out about dogs is their capacity for love, their drive to form strong emotional connections with members of other species. That's the secret of their success. So it's quite new. Yeah, it is kind of new. So um, and, and what, are, what are the uh, experiment, experiments that you've done that, that uh, enforced your belief or, or proved, uh, again, uh, you know, what you found scientifically? Well, sure. So, John, so one thing that we did that anybody could do who wanted to, right? So you're out all day. Your poor dog's alone all day. And, um, and, uh, and let's say you also don't leave the dog any food while you're out, just for the purpose of doing this test. And you come home, you've been away, let's say you've been at work eight hours for the day. You come home, and we set things up outside your front door so that there's a bowl of food, and there's you, the dog's owner. And we set you up so that you're equal distances from the door as the door is opened. And then we get somebody to help us who's going to tie a piece of rope around the door handle so that they can open the door as if by magic. And, of course, the dog has heard that there's something going on outside the front door. The dog's come to the front door. The dog's expecting you home. And we give the dog, the dog who's been alone for eight hours and who's been hungry with no food for eight hours, we give the dog a straightforward choice. What's more important to you, doggy? Would you rather have this delicious dog food or would you rather be interacting with your special human being? And what we find is the dogs choose their special human being. The human being is more valuable even to the hungry dog than is this bowl of food. So uh, it's very simple, but we do it in a carefully controlled way. And we measure out of two minutes, we just measure the first two minutes, what period does the dog spend with the person? What period does the dog spend with the food? And we find that the dogs prefer the person. The person is more important to them than the bowl of food. So that's one pretty simple but, but scientific test that can be done. Anybody who wants to could try for themselves and just see how much their dog cares about them. <laughs> well, what's interesting about that is from, you know, from, uh, from the training that I took to learn how to train dogs, uh, and I knew this anyway just from having, being around them, um, and I think everybody knows, but the, the degree to which dogs are food driven. I mean, that's how they're trained by rewarding yeah. them with, uh, you know, I, I was, you can reward the dog with a treat the size of your little fingernail. Uh, just yeah. so, yeah. and so it doesn't have to be a giant piece of steak. But that experiment that you just described uh, is impressive to me because I know how food driven dogs are and how you have to use that in order to train them to do what you want them to do. Well, absolutely. But the, the thing there is that, John, when we reward a dog with food for doing something that we're asking it to do, the dog already has our company there because we are the person giving over the food. Okay. So the dog's not having to choose between do I want to be with my human or do I want to have food. The dog is getting food in addition to having the human there because you're there, right? So, yeah. so it's a slightly different situation. Um, but yeah, dog, I mean, and I don't want to, I mean, I have to be careful here. Dogs are individuals, right? I mean, dogs are a very varied bunch of animals. And there are indeed some dogs that are more food, more interested in food than in their human. Mm -hmm. But on average, most dogs typically, given the situation I described, will choose their human over the food. Well, my dogs have two distinct personalities. They're both golden uh -huh. retrievers. Or, or is that my imagination? Do do, does a dog have what can be described as a personality? Oh, absolutely, John. Not yeah. I mean, absolutely. Do dogs have personalities? And um, even if even dogs dogs who are brothers or sisters have very different personalities. Dogs from the same litter. Hey, I've even for the book, I actually went and visited a guy here in Phoenix who'd had his dog cloned, and he had these two cloned dogs, so they're genetically identical, they're born the same moment, they grow up in the same home, and they actually had really different personalities. So, yeah, dogs have strikingly variable personalities, absolutely. And, and um, what does this say to you about how dogs are trained? The, the method that I learned was all based on reward, no punishment, no yanking, choke collars, or any of that stuff. That's great. That's great. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Our dogs are looking to us for gentle leadership. And uh, the best way to live with your dog is to recognize that your dog needs you to show them the way, but your dog does not gain anything by bringing pain and stress and distress 
into their lives. So absolutely, if you want to train your dog, I'm afraid, John, you're a step ahead of me because I can't train my dog to do anything. I mean, it's just as well. It's just as well that she's perfect because I couldn't train her to eat her dinner if she didn't want to do it. Um, Yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm always amazed because I I, I'm cursed with just the fact that I took the course that I took. And I'm not anybody who could train a dog to be a guard dog or or a service dog or anything. I just sit, stay, you know, that kind of thing. Um, right. I'm, I'm amazed that I, I think that just a little bit that I know, I know about ni- more than 98% of the people out there who own dogs, just by having watched people with their dogs in public, they have no idea what they're doing when they're trying to get wow, them to that's behave. True. That's true. That's true. But, but yeah, absolutely positive Positive training methods are the way to go. Food treats. Um, yeah, and just, just, you know, I mean, just enjoy your dog's company, people. I mean, it's just a wonderful thing, a wonderful privilege in this life. If you can share your life with a loving dog, it's a great, great thing. And, and you know, I mean, if you can train your dog, that's that's fun too. But it's but to me, it's just their company. It's just their, their company. That's the, that's the most wonderful thing. Well, I only have about a minute left, but i give you just a quick example. Every day when I'm preparing for the show, I go upstairs into my office where I live uh, at my home, and um, my dogs could be anywhere in the house that they'd like to be, but within 15 minutes, they're both sitting at my feet every yeah. day. My dog, my dog's the same. She, she never lets me get out of out of sight for too long. If, if she realizes I've moved to another room, she'll up sticks and follow <laughs> me out there. And, and there's something, something tremendously rich about that, you know. That's really great. Yeah, I think they're the most perfect creatures on the planet. I, I appreciate you being here, uh, Doctor. It's Clive Wynn, the founder of the Canine Science Collaboratory at Arizona State University. The book is Dog is Love, Why and How Your Dog Loves You. Thanks, Clive. Thanks, John. It was a real pleasure. Okay, thank you very much. We'll be right back. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roof roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. I'm Andy Solomon. Rideshare platforms have evolved to provide riders with even better experiences. Sheriff John Wetzel, chairman of the National Sheriff's Association Traffic Safety Committee and former president of the International Association of Chiefs of Police, explains. Companies like Lyft are making rider safety a priority by continuously screening their drivers. Before getting into any car, riders should match the license plate, car model, and driver's name with what's shown in the app. During your ride, you can share your location and route with your family and friends. According to Wetzel, communities where Lyft is available have also seen lower rates of impaired driving and fatal crashes. For example, Miami-Dade Police announced that there was a 65% decline in impaired driving arrests in 2017 compared to the four prior years, thanks in part to ride-sharing. Nationally, 71% of Lyft riders say they are less likely to drive while impaired because of the availability of ride-sharing services. For more information, visit Lyft.com. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. 
Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to bamboohr.com slash radio. This is a limited offer only available to radio listeners at bamboohr.com slash radio. That's bamboohr.com slash radio. I am doing all the right things, drinking plenty of water, eating right, and exercising. But month after month, my constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating keep coming back. Irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC, affects 13 million Americans. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S dot com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I should finish up with a little dog tip for you. I, I see people all the time. I could probably do a segment uh, once a week on dog tips. This is something real simple. I, I always see people... Uh, walking up the street and the dog, you know, the expression, the dog is actually walking them and the dog is pulling them up the street. Uh, this is not a paid commercial announcement, but I just want to tell you, I tell people this all the time and it changes their lives. And yeah, if you have a dog that's a fairly good size, not a little tiny dog, but you know, anyone 25, 30, 40 pounds, if this, if this dog is pulling you up the street, go to the pet store and buy what is called easy walk. It's, it's a leash. I see people being pulled all the time. I tell them about this. They tell me that it changed their lives because their dog stops pulling them. It's called an easy walk leash. It, it, the leash clicks, uh, the snaps in front on their chest, and they stop pulling immediately. 99% of the time it's worked. Just a little tip for you. And uh, thanks to Erin Byrne for her uh, usual good job of producing this week. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Bye. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.